This episode of the Slimmest Podcast is brought to you by Patch Junkie. Are you a member of the military or are you a fan of uniquely made items? Hell, do you just like to collect stuff? Let's talk about a company out of Delaware called Patch Junkie. Patch Junkie is an Etsy shop that sells uniquely designed patches. Their stock includes everything from military style patches to designs that reference popular culture. They also sell other patch-related stuff like patch mats and patch bags so you can seek your patches too. So if you go to their website, that is www.patchjunkieshop.com, enter the promo code SALUMIST for 10% off your order. That's S-A-L-U-M-I-S-T. I'm still putting pieces together in my tactical bag, uh, getting some different types of supplies and putting them on there, but the badges are freaking sweet. I'm a big fan of the stickers. I'm trying to find out if the sticker I got can fit on my car because I'm trying to put it on there. Um, I also just built a mountain bike, so I'm going to be putting some of their stuff on that as well to really rep uh, Patch Chunky Shop. We're in some hard times right now, so if you can, please show some love to the small businesses out there, especially ones like Patch Junkie Shop if you're in that area. And then, of course, support the small businesses in the area of Bowling Green, Kentucky, which is where we air our podcast. Um, I hope everyone is doing well, and let's get into the show. Really quick, I wanted to add that in the effort to keep everything safe, uh, we are actually doing this episode over Skype. So Chris and I are in our respective rooms in our respective places, and we're just knocking out this content. So if the quality is not that great, just bear with us here. We're trying to play by the rules. Also, Chris, uh, he's scared because if he were to touch me, he would fall in love. That's that's what he said. And also, I'm editing this episode so he can't defend himself. All right, let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Salumas Podcast. If there's one thing I've learned through these times, it's that America has been exposed, not just to a worldwide pandemic, but to our own hubris and lack of awareness of the impact that our action or inaction has on us and our society as a whole. In this episode, Chris and myself talk about the effects of anti-intellectualism, fostering mechanical solidarity, and how the herd mentality has taken our collective response to COVID-19 to unheard of levels. We also talk about the political impact of the moves that have been made for the virus, and we talk about uh, the measures that states like Kentucky have taken to decrease the spread of the virus. All this and more in episode 901, Getting Caught With Your Pants Down. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I've been away, man. What's up? What's been going on in the world? Well, <laughs> lots of stuff, man. But I want to I want to know from you what's been going on because it has been a little bit for you. What's it been? <clears throat> two episodes now, right? Yeah, it's been two episodes, and I'm a a member of community mental health and uh, part of a group of people that more than likely has already been exposed to the COVID-19 virus. <clears throat> so it, it, the self-quarantine, it doesn't necessarily, well, overwhelmingly, it's not even about like if you're sick or if you're worried about yourself, it's the fact that literally 20% of people are highly at risk of extreme complications 
as a result of contracting this. And I know that that leaves 80% of people that, you know, are largely unaffected. <clears throat> but there you go, that 20%, there's a whole lot of selfish motherfuckers out there that I see living their best lives because they're not worried about it. And I don't know if they're not aware of the implications mm -hmm. that this shit, you know, it can hit a, <clears throat> it can hit a nursing home. It can hit a personal care home. It can hit a hospital. It could hit a, uh, you know, we have the BG towers here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it houses a, uh, a significant number of people that would fall in that demographic that's highly, highly at risk. And all it takes, <clears throat> all it takes is the introduction of that shit. And it spread like wildfire. I think it was out in Washington. It hit a, uh, a care facility, care facility. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think they had 125, uh, residents at this care facility and yeah. 20, 27 of them, uh, if I'm not mistaken, again, I, I could be, but I believe I read uh, the article that 27 people out of that facility passed away as a result of this. So, really? Uh, yeah. So, again, on my end, you know, it, it isn't so much about me worrying about me getting it. Like, I feel like we, we probably going to get it. Like, mm -hmm you know, a lot of us are going to fucking get it. It's more about me not being the outbreak monkey. Yeah. So, so I, I have been working remotely as much as possible, but, uh, you know, my job has become increasingly more complicated to organize as they put, uh, rightfully so as they put more and more strict mandates in place. Um, we went from, you know, discretionary contact with clients uh, to screenings to no contact with clients to yeah. um, and not to reveal too much information. And, I, and you know, I, I don't ever name the agency I work for, but um, to basically putting a standstill to a, a specific program or series of of protocols that are that are standard for us. So. I'm still operating, um, you know, Frankfurt is still operating as far as like Kentucky housing coalition. Um, it's my understanding that, that unless they're mandated to do otherwise, they're still able to do inspections on, um, housing units that I can find. But again, mm -hmm. man, I have to orchestrate all this shit from home cause I can't be in a client's face. I can't be in the face. I, I just can't be out being the outbreak monkey period. So, yeah. you know, and again, I'm, I'm giving a mouthful, but there has been a lot that's going on since the last time that, that, that I was part of the show, man. And, uh, uh, I'm 100%. I'm 1000 fucking percent on board with these mandates. And, oh yeah. Uh, and if it, and, and I praise our governor for the actions that he's taken as they pertain, like a, a, as compared to a lot of states. Yeah. Um, you know, I think what he's doing is what a lot of states probably wish their governors were doing. Um, I start to I look at states like Florida and it, it keeps coming back to me every single time that I think about it is that video of those people 
just hanging out on the beach, just acting like nothing's going wrong. A, a fuck Dude, that stuff scares me so bad, man. Yeah. And they're going to come so back. Bad. Those people are going to come back from fucking spring break and they're, they're going to diffuse it. It's just going to permeate motherfucking everything. And if you look at the breakdown, according to age demographics, like more, more specifically, and you know, I'm all about some stats and shit. So I, I sit around and I look at the numbers and I can tell from looking at these numbers that China's total cases have come to a complete fucking standstill. I know yep. that ain't, that ain't, I mean, that's a, a slight bit hyperbolic, but statistically China's cases have come to a standstill. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that they, that they have curved it. So I think they've just fundamentally stopped reporting on it. Um, there, yeah. there, are, there are a few countries, like when I look at the breakdown of all the numbers, there are, there are a number of these countries that I'm like, eh, that, that just doesn't make sense. But then you look at the United States and you look at our population um, and you look at how long this has been here and the initial rhetoric that, it, that was associated with it, to, that it was lightweight a hoax, like our federal government was... If I'm not mistaken, Trump was implying that this shit was blown way out of proportion initially, and now yeah. he's say, saying it's unprecedented. Well, the United States numbers, you know, I'm looking at them, and uh, we've got, uh, and, and this isn't super updated. This is as close to a comprehensive list. Um, it's uh, worldometers.info. Mm-hmm. And it's got the United States as having 32,683 cases with 8,576 new cases since last reporting. You know, this is based on a 24 hour cycle. Yeah. Um, those now numbers, are those positive tests yeah, or are those they, just yeah, reporting? No, th- those, are, those are confirmed cases. These, okay. these are all confirmed cases. And, and there is also the ratio uh, that there's a, a, a uh, infographic out there and it's a really cool one. And, um, you know, if, if you want it, get, get in our inbox, holla at us and I'll get it to you. But it, it has a sliding scale and you can start at uh, basically two weeks ago and slide the scale up to today. And it shows a blue dot for number of confirmed cases and a larger over-encompassing gray dot for number of tests administered. And these are these are per state. So it's got the United States and then the breakdown size-wise of number of confirmed cases and number of tests. And Kentucky is this little blue dot with a pretty significant gray area around it. However, yeah. you, you get to looking like like Tennessee, man, Tennessee has administered fewer tests than us. They do have a larger population, but they've administered fewer tests than us. And as of tonight, it's 505, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, confirmed cases there. And it, it fundamentally has come down to, to uh, inaction. It's come down to this sandbagging bullshit and playing politics and acting like that this is this is about money. Like let's, let's hold on to the very last minute because this is going to affect our bottom line. And yeah. you know what, you know what people shit their fucking pants. It takes oh, a yeah. lot. It takes a lot for rabid capitalists to start instituting socialistic fucking measures so rapidly after 
saying the direct opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, there's been, there's definitely been a lot of of that going on, and and you you've certainly said a lot in this in this introduction, and that's really what I want us to be able to talk about today. Uh, my biggest focus, at least, to bring to this conversation is really me focusing on that the sheer hubris and the not even it's it's hard to even call it lack of preparation. It's more of just blatant disregard of, of a is. potential threat. Um, it is. And, and, you know, it's hard for me to feel less scared than I am, or it's hard for me to feel more scared than I am angry with much of society right now. There is just, and it's, it's taken different forms. This, um, this disregard, you know, some people take this as an opportunity to hoard a bunch of shit that, you know, some people take this as, as an opportunity to, to do and say things in a way like, like, Oh, I wish a motherfucker tried and steal for me. Do you see what I'm saying? There's people arming themselves. There's people doing all taking all sorts of measures. And I think that a lot of this is happening because we've got this weird, this weird, um, this weird idea of, of America of always being the best always, you know, and when we're willing to defend our comforts so much that, the first thing that you think to do is to potentially end someone's life. Or the first thing you you think to do is to put yourself in a position to, ha- to maximize all the products and all this other shit that you have. And we keep forgetting that what really helps this situation, in my opinion, is making sure that everyone is somewhat taken care of as much as possible. Like there is this massive And you're a lab- libertarian. Ex- exactly. Okay. That was what I was going to say, too is that there comes a point where one has to switch gears and recognize the impact of their choices and recognize the impact of their mindset. And that mindset that I was taking for a lot of this stuff, I was like, this, this is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. Like I'm, I'm very thankful that I, 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 at least I feel like I've been thinking of other people first before myself. And by doing that, I go when when I go to the store or when we go and grab things, we get exactly what we need. And then that's it. And then we try. And then if I can put myself or other people in a position to not worry about something, then I try and help them out. Like, I feel like that's the kind of stuff that's going to help us on top of that. And I've said this in another episode, you know, one of my quarantine diary episodes is that for the forever, pretty much many businesses have just operated under this assumption that we're always going to have everything. We're always going to be on top. We're always going to be the best. And very quickly and very clearly nature has showed us that it's, it's undefeated for a reason. And in many, and, and it's not just biologically, I'm saying like people are, they're realizing, especially businesses are, are realizing just how inefficient that they're working and now that they're being forced in positions to, uh, to to work differently, mainly remotely, it's really it's exposing so many people right now. People are shutting down. People don't know how to work. I mean, it is absolutely insane. And as I sit there and I think about that, I'm just like, dude, this shit has been this type of infrastructure to be able to work remotely or to be able to be more agile and more more malleable has been there forever. It has oh, been it there has. forever. It, it it absolutely has, and and save some exceptions. Yeah, uh, an enormous amount of my job can be done remotely, and I I just 
Um, I, I'm, I guess I'm more handy than that. Like they like sure. to have me, me on hand in case they need all hands on deck for some hood rat shit. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this is, this has been for one. And, and I think that you would proxy this. We're not ever going back to the, the way things were before this. Oh, shit absolutely hit. not. And this has re- revealed that an enormous number of us can still mm-hmm. orchestrate a huge portion of what we do remotely without having yeah. to physically be at our position. Yes. And I think it's also on, you know, the brighter side of this is that people are gaining a little bit of perspective and I, I am seeing an increase in empathy and people really checking up on other people. Like a lot of people are realizing just how dependent they were on just being able to get out of the house every, like whenever they wanted to, there's, I would imagine that there are probably increases in, in rates of depression and just overall stress. You can tell people are just cooped up. Um, and, and I can tell that that's happening all over the place. People are just itching to be able to get outside, but this is all, all this shit is happening in my opinion, because we've taken everything for granted. And, you know, I was talking to my, uh, my neighbor, uh, today and he brought up the concept and I want to use this as the the name of the episode. Uh, he called it playing without your queen and, uh, in chess, you, the, the concept is that the pro players, the really good ones will play without a certain piece, mainly a queen because she's so versatile and can, you know, usually whoops the most amount of ass. But I think that in, in, in our situation, he may, and he was making the same connection. The queen is your comforts, the shit that you're, uh, that you take for granted, um, the stuff that you typically will try to protect at all costs when you're playing without that. And, and, and you've never had experience playing without that. It's a completely different game. And you oh, see yeah. when, when you get exposed like that, people are, and I, again, I said this on a previous episode, there are people out there getting things just to get them, not because they need them. Does that make sense? Like I'm seeing people going like, Oh, do you need, you know, 50 fruit roll-ups? Do you need, all like it's it's a bunch don't of shit nobody that they, don't nobody need two fruit fruit roll they, they, I know they don't. all that but the the point is that when we it, it really um it really shines a light on humanity's need for control or to be controlled and there you go that, when that happens it. and when that happens you people don't realize how much of a part of the herd they actually are so when uh-huh. you see shit like this happen the first thing that you want to do is, okay, where's the herd going? The herd's buying toilet paper. Okay. I, I already have some here. I just bought some yesterday, but I'm going to be part of the herd. And then we want control. Uh, obviously there's control. Then we, we want to feel like we, like we're smart. That's a big thing. No one wants to be one of the, and I'm doing my air quotes, like the stupid ones that didn't get their shit or something. Those very same people that are acting like, oh, you know, nothing's wrong. They're out there preparing low key. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think the the a, a vast majority of the people that are saying that nothing is wrong have the means to go and get shit if they needed to. But it's it's when stuff really, really, really runs out. Who who knows if that's going to happen? But that's where I'm going to see more of those people getting exposed. I think that the fear is sort of underlying and it, start, it starts to creep in the more I hear people talk about it. Like when I hear people like it's almost like they're they're trying to validate more. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. like it's 
it's that guy that it's like that guy that got turned down by that girl. Now every girl's a whore or slut or something like that. Like they're trying to like, they're seeing that their world is crumbling around them and they're and things is not, I don't want to use crumbling is a bit extreme, but the world is, is vastly changing around them. And they're seeing that a lot of their freedoms aren't there. And by freedoms, I mean, your comforts, they aren't there anymore. And now you're just like, Oh, everyone's being a pussy. Everyone's being this. But right. all it takes is one of your people getting sick and then everything starts to change. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, I don't want to beat, keep, continue to beat a dead horse, but we are vastly exposed here and not enough people have played without a queen. And, and I've and I've said this on another episode before, because I have the perspective of growing up with nothing. It's OK. Like I can operate in survival mode if we need to. And that's a. Uh, and and the other thing too is also from not having anything and this is all this is a characteristic of people who grew up like uh like I did and it's not always a good thing is that the first thing that people try to do is is try to take care of other people and that that's a double edged sword there you see what i mean like in yeah. this time when you if you spend too much time and energy taking care of other people just because you have the ability to go and take care of other people doesn't mean you have the health and the immune system and all that other shit. You know, you could be going and trying to be nice to someone and take care of them, but you might be a carrier, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, just, that's one of the, that's a struggle, if you will, that, that even my wife and I have with each other. Like we had a little, it's not even an argument, but we, we went back and forth talking about like, okay, you know, I said that I want to be able to take care of as many people as possible. And she's like, but you can't go and, and see them. You know, like it, it, the the thoughts all there, but man, what if you are, what if you're carrying something and what if you get them sick, then we have a big problem. Well, and, and I think there are certain measures that can be taken. If you're part of that low risk group and you're only going to get necessities and you're following yeah. guidelines, like again, our, our governor is being pretty model given where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can take, you can take certain precautions like you, we, we have, but I I say that because I come from like pseudo pseudo conspiracy theorist mountain, uh, mixed breed hillbilly motherfuckers. And so everybody was lightweight, not tripping. Like the only thing we're worried about is that my mom and dad are like almost 80 years old. My dad's got some heart issues. Mm -hmm. Um, but Everybody was pretty much like I already had shit just in case whatever might pop off. I, I've gotten I've gotten things in one fell swoop uh, just to put in the freezer just so I can minimize the amount of exposure that I I create out there. Uh, less about me being like, oh, I better stock up because it ain't going to be there. I, I knew that that element of our infrastructure wasn't going to collapse, at least not yet. But we, we've we got a plan in place as a family whereby, you know, we show up, go through some sterilization measures, set the stuff out, have them also go through sterilization measures and take the stuff inside. Like if my mom or my father or my stepmother needs some shit like that. But the thing that has been preached on even on our show over and over again and and largely 
falling on deaf ears, I feel like. And I think a lot of people even like the idea of personal utility and being handy and being outdoorsy and being able to grow things with your hands and can stuff and go back to the old ways. It's not even the motherfucking always. It's a fundamental thing and it's a sustainable thing. And it and it facilitates not only personal efficacy in a tangible way, something that you can touch, feel, consume, utilize, but also psychologically. It has a, enormous benefits for your self-esteem that, hey, I did this myself. So, you know, I I in many ways, with the exception of the enormous anxiety that is caused by me worrying about the people that I provide services for in my line of work and worrying about my elderly parents. Um, other than that, I'm like, shit, like stuff people are talking about doing now, like, yeah, we need to get some chickens. We need to get a chicken. Co- Bitch, you should have done been, did that. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like everybody should. And, and I've seen memes where it's like everybody's front yard in the next six months. And it's like, Fox Garden. I've been preaching that shit forever. Like uh, Americans with these front yards that are un- not utilized for fucking anything. Wow, yeah. it's a waste yeah. of fucking space. But uh, again, it, it, to to me, I feel like this has caused um, this has caused a reality check for some people. Um, yeah. It's it's caused uh, salt. It's fostered solidarity in our state to a degree i feel like if oh i 100 percent agree but i think we might be somewhat the exception and not the rule and something that that i would i would like people to at least entertain not sit around and worry about but at least entertain and not discount is that there are a lot well a non a not insignificant number of people in this world that fundamentally do not give a fuck if they spread this shit around. They mm-hmm. just don't care. And there are even people that probably get get a kick out of like, yeah, fuck it, spread it around. Like they just want to sow chaos. So there's this enormous spectrum of reaction to it. And mm-hmm. and really what we can do is is, you know, you talk about the herd and you talk about people that aren't used to playing um, without their queen, um, those people may very well on, on a meaningful level. And, you know, we, we ain't in the business of calling people lost causes, but we also aren't in the business of lying to motherfuckers and filling a head full of bullshit just for the sake of making them feel good. But, mm-hmm. um, there are people that the only thing that will facilitate behavioral change is following the patterns of the rest of the group, the example of the rest of the group and not wanting to be ostracized from that, from being the asshole that's out getting people fucking infected so that Meemaw doesn't goddamn die. Yeah. And I really think that that explains the big push that many, you know, celebrities and stuff like that are making to try and, get people to to be on board with uh, exercising caution and following the rules is that they understand or maybe subconsciously they understand that people like our need to follow something or someone many people need to follow something or someone and for for people like us i think that the our biggest task is to create a change with the right people who have the the right type of following. Like there's a lot of people out there 
that are like, I don't, I think you're just as part of a problem. If you're going around telling people, I told you so, as if you're going around and just like, you know, what, if you saw that video of the, the guy in China who was like licking his hand and then like rubbing all the elevator buttons and shit like that, like you're just as part of the problem. Like, okay, people get that they, that they messed up, but the next phase is not dig, like not digging the knife deeper, not shitting on him relentlessly. The next step is, okay, how do we help this out? How do we help make you better? That is the real, <clears throat> excuse me. That's the real process. That's how we really show people that you can be better. And I think that that is going to be the way that a lot of people get through this stuff. Now, if you look at the things like the grocery, the groceries and the lack of resources and stuff like that. I am a firm believer, at least in this area, that there are more than enough resources here. The problem is that everyone is buying as much as they can. And that is the that's the problem there that if, if things were and, you know, no one likes the R word rationed out. But if people were, at, were to actually just be like, hey, it's a simple question. Do I need all of this? No. But that's just a very American thing is to get the most, have the best. And these problems have like there's this is an underlying issue from way before this virus, way, way before. It's this whole like we're the best. No one can take us. We deserve to have everything. And that is a real problem, dude. Well, it's 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 like the concept of uh, two for flinching. Mm-hmm. Explain that. Well, you, you know, it. You, you you can get punched, right? You can get mm-hmm. punched and take your initial punch. But if if you think that punch is coming and then you flinch, mm. i.e. You, you have this this fucking overreaction, then that doubles down. And, and and on if you translate that to multiple individuals, <clears throat> excuse me, I probably got it. Who knows? But. <laughs> If you if you extrapolate that to a, a, a ton more individuals, then that has this profound uh, net impact. It, it just it, it's going to have a wave of shit that transpires. I.e., you get you can't even go get goddamn toilet paper. Look, bro, I, and and it it forces me when I got four rolls in in the. Uh, in the closet, it forces me that when I happen to go to the grocery store and I hear over the intercom, there's now toilet paper in aisle 13. This legit, yeah. ha- this legit happened. Let me like, guess, they rushed. Yeah, and I went over and I fucking grabbed my shit because I'm like, well, uh, I'm I'm not going to wait until the, my last rolls motherfucking gone and then hope for the best when I get to the store. Yeah, like I'm not going to. But there's also the fundamental element of and this ain't about me this is just an example this is just my my own very subjective personal experience with this shit but you know me and you know it's pretty common for me to go to the grocery store and buy 40 pounds of chicken yeah i just will when it's 99 cents a fucking pound, sometimes it's 99 cents a pound and buy one, get one free. So it's like 50 cents a fucking pound. Mm-hmm. I will get 40, 50, 60 pounds of fucking chicken and I yeah. just freeze it. And then mm-hmm. I'm prepared and I ration out and I work through that. Then I do it all over again once it's on sale. And that's part of my process. And mm-hmm. and and fundamentally, that's, you know, you you've 
had more experience with the meal prepping and shit like that yeah. than I have. But um, that that's what I do on the top end. Um, I could be a little bit more streamlined with it. Uh, I, I use plastic fucking Ziploc bags because it's easy. And this is something I've implemented over the past year and a half, I guess, like sure. pretty hardcore. Um, maybe I need, I, I should switch to butcher paper. I acknowledge that I need to quit running through all of this fucking plastic. But to your point, sustainability is overwhelmingly the name of the game. Yes. And it's take. And why does it have to take a fucking catastrophe for all of these, these, troglodytes to even have the slightest modicum of a reaction. And then even amidst that you have people like, and I won't say any names, but I see, you know, the, the wannabe cool motherfucker that wears North face and goes jet setting around and makes six, uh, seven figures, who knows, but, uh, mid fifties wants to kick it with all the twenties and 30 something year olds. But but mad conservative and thinks oh, everything, yeah. everything that's that's in any way socialistic is some kind of fucking political move or a conspiracy instead of something to facilitate the overall well-being of the population. And yeah. this individual continues to go around spreading misinformation, saying things like, well, I've got a I've got a friend who works at the CDC in Washington, and he says that this is way blown out of proportion. I'm like, how have you made it this far? Like. You are in your fucking fifties and yeah. you still are talking like you 16 years old. Well, I got a friend that said, my mom says that yeah. bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, like give me some hard data. And to be quite honest with you, Kalu, when I look at this data, these data, um, and, and you know, you're, you're pretty savvy with fucking statistics mm-hmm. as well. You know that these numbers are just like a, fucking minuscule fraction. I think the only thing that would even be remotely in the ballpark of representative would be Italy. And I think Italy, you could easily probably quadruple that shit in Italy. Like you got about 60, 59,000 cases, Mm -hmm. 60,000 cases there. Um, And then the numbers just, whenever you look at them, you've got a, Total cases per 1 million uh, population, they have 978 cases per 1 million people. That is far and away the highest. You know, next is fucking Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't think Switzerland's over here fucking padding the numbers either. I think Switzerland's actively taking measures to address it. Italy's being decimated and overloaded. That's why I say, yeah, you could probably quadruple that shit. Switzerland, yeah, that seems pretty accurate. But when you look at numbers for like the United States, you look at numbers for um, fucking Iran, you look at numbers for China, yeah. uh, even even the UK, uh, the, the Africa, uh, South America, these these numbers are in no way reflective of how prevalent this fucking shit is. And yeah, the numbers and the, the one the, thing that go ahead, go ahead. Well, and the numbers in the state of Kentucky, and I think, you know, our governor who's been getting been getting a lot of praise, I think he would acknowledge our numbers are in no way fucking representative. But but let me say this. Even though um I voted for him and um I am very proud of how our governor is handling things it, 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 it currently. I'm 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 happy with the way our, our governor is handling things currently, but 
I have been, um, according to the words of Matt Bevan, even prior to Bashir issuing a lot of these mandates, way before that, as soon as this shit hit um, uh, Washington, I guess, when it was up at the West Coast, that was where the uh, uh, you had a whole bunch of cats from, uh, I guess, Japan, maybe? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it diffused through Washington. As soon as I knew it hit Washington um, and I started seeing how, how it was spreading through China, I was like, this shit is about to blow up. And there's, yeah, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of conjecture about how deadly it was or whatever. But I was like, if, if X, Y, and Z or any indication, um, our healthcare system is no way prepared. And I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to say that our governor acted two weeks later than he fucking should have. Sure, I, I, I 100%, and especially in keeping with what he says, that he would rather be remembered for an overreaction. Again, yeah. he, he held off, and I know he held off for political reasons, for, for socially acceptable reasons. You don't want to shut down all of these, these vectors of enormous capital and cash flow for influential people. But uh, it should have happened way earlier. But we're at where we're at now. And uh, Jesus, titty, fucking Christ, the world isn't going to be the same, I don't believe, on the other end of this. Yeah, I agree. You know, I I think the other thing, too, is that um, understanding why why people hide or or change the numbers or maybe not show the the full things uh, is to understand that you have to understand their cultures too. You know, one of the biggest things, and this is typical Saluma's fashion is whenever we were faced with an issue, we try to go deeper because it usually falls into something like that. When you look at like the, the overall Asian culture, when you look at the American culture, um, you might even say like even UK and stuff like that. One of the most one of the most important things, one of the most paramount things is the the act of saving face. Um, you never, never want to look like you, you never want to look bad. And most cultures like that will go to great lengths to not look so terrible. Like it's it's interesting whenever a place like China has was it one point something billion people there or is it two billion people? I think it's two billion people. A population like that and to be able to say oh we got it under control i do not buy it i 100 oh no oh no well and, and i think and it's an act of saving face because they are such a massive 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 economic player um everyone is feeling the effect of what's going on 100 percent um but yeah i think the same thing is happening in the u.s as well you it's know it's 1.4 billion 1.4 billion okay so you have 1.4 billion people there and then you also have uh the u.s with with the great influence and stuff like that of course the first thing the u.s is going to do is downplay like i would i would literally expect that i would be shocked if anyone were to be like hey let's get a hold of this this stuff first yeah um so that like our our culture is is the biggest in my opinion and, and Truthfully, I, I think now it's not in my opinion. That's what it is. I believe it's the that is what is causing the spread. It's our culture. You can, of course, there's going to be like you know the scientific reason for how virus is spread, but ultimately, telling us 
to stay home. Fuck that. You know what I mean? Well, well, and and I think that that's uh shit. Well, I want to make one you know, other I, point I, I, is that there's Kentucky specifically is such a huge amount of small businesses. So I would, I think that yes, in hindsight, one can say that he was two weeks too late, but you have to think there's so much of this, so much of this state is run by small businesses that it's like you, he knew that to shut some stuff like that down there, it's going to really, really, really have massive, massive impacts. Now, I one thing, and again, this is all hindsight. I wish that it would have been nice if if they could um, handle all or have a plan for all the other things that are affected by this. Um, and it really comes down to like if you've ever heard me ask the question of how you would fit an elephant into a refrigerator. Have you ever asked? Have you ever heard me ask you that before? Yeah. Okay, so you've you've then you know that my answer is you build a bigger refrigerator. So when you have issues like this, my take on on just about everything, and this is where extreme ownership comes into play for me, is that I try to make sure that there's an infrastructure in place to handle problems like this. And whenever I, I typically try not to just come up with a short-sighted solution or something like that, you try to think a couple steps ahead. And of course, you know, it, it's easy for me to say that when... I'm not sitting here worrying about like time, you know, cause that's going to be the other big factor too. It's like, okay, while we're sitting here thinking and planning, people are having parties and going to school and going to concerts and all that other kind of shit and spreading it. So it's, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, but I do wish that more of that planning was kind of done. Well, there better not be no motherfuckers going to concerts and it, it, it let me just say, uh, I'm sure a lot of people, and I hadn't heard anything about it, but Rage Against the Machines, like, yeah. like new tour with Run the Jewels yep. this year, like, man, that shit's out the motherfucking window. And they're talking about, uh, like, uh, school is being, uh, is still going to be out until, I believe, April 20th here yep. in Kentucky. Bruh, if, again, if, if these, these numbers are in any way reflective of the trend that we're going to see. It's going to realistically be a substantially longer period of time than that. Yeah. Um, really what we're going to have to prove in order for us to resume business as fucking usual. Um, we're going to have to first get this bullshit under control. Um, currently we have a, uh, I think basically the average individual, well, and, and this, this data is a few days old and this shit has been changing rapidly, but uh, the average individual will infect four. Mm -hmm. And in order to quell that type of spread, you have to get that number to like 0.8 yeah. in order to get a meaningful decline on the incidence of what's transpiring. So, Really what we got to do, we got, everybody's got shut the fuck down for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, it, this, this is, should be a reflection period. It shouldn't be about politics. You should forget about what fucking team you're on for two seconds and think about the logistics of like, okay, what does this mean? What does a stimulus from the federal government currently mean right now? What, what does that entail? Mm -hmm. It's socialism. It's a type of yes. socialism. 
Um, and and that's why I say I'm a contextual socialist. And that's why I say in a perfect world, I'd be a libertarian, man, because I do feel like just leave people alone as long as they're not hurting anybody else. Yeah. yeah. But but contextual, but contextual socialism, it it's just like the, how you address a, a pandemic and how we are currently addressing a pandemic. The contextual socialism isn't going to be used forever. It's not as though we address this pandemic in terms of, well, this is our new reality forever and always. Mm-hmm. That's that's not, in my opinion, the purpose of socialist institutions. The best thing about a socialist institution is that it functions and then it makes itself fucking obsolete. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at as far as fucking socialism is concerned. And I, I would urge any of my conservative colleagues, people that are that lean more towards this this winner take all like, hey, I did it anybody else should be able to do it. I would urge them to take a look at this in terms of like, okay, check out this situation. It called for, you know, the the basic shutdown of every non-essential entity in the state of Kentucky. When is that? Has that ever happened in any of our lifetimes? No, 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 nobody, nobody in our lifetime has been alive with any shit shutting down to this degree. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's insane, man. It really is. And I wanted to say, you know, when you were talking about the the stimulus package, and um, I thought it was very interesting. I don't, and I don't know if you saw this, but the, it's it's essentially what I'm reading is that it's being held held up um, at the uh, you know the the Democrats are essentially holding it up because it. It's, it's coming off like or not even holding up. They're, they're slow playing it because this could be unfortunately, unfortunately, because everything gets taken politically. And you you almost have to because it's an election year. Um, this could be taken as, you know, Donald Trump trying to save America. Do you see what well, I'm saying? It, well, well, it's it, already the rhetoric has already been set. He's already referred to it. As this is like war. This is a time of war. Yeah. He's already he's already pulled that card out. Yeah. And and when you take that, that that makes a lot of his people dig even deeper into the uh, into their trenches. And, you know, going to, to stay on the subject of playing without your queen, I think this is a good opportunity to, to recognize playing without your queen as playing without your political affiliation. Do you see what I mean? I didn't realize how much that really drives people to, to think in one direction and that's it. Like, can you imagine, like, I know that there are people out there that 100 that are, that are struggling out there. Right. But they'll actually probably do some like mental calculus. If this thousand dollars or whatever gets to them and they're like, damn, is this socialism right here? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like if if we were playing without our queen, we would say, OK, how would I make this choice if my political affiliation didn't matter? What would I do if politics didn't matter here? I would imagine or I would hope that much of our reactions and much of our actions would be completely different and it would be more from the heart. Does that make sense what I'm saying? No, it it absolutely makes sense. But and and I wish I had Mark here to 
to uh you know have his take on this stuff but i i hate to be so dystopian but i i really you know going back to the herd man i think that there's there's a lot a lot of people that are just hardwired to follow yeah and and it really comes down to the most influential folks uh setting the pace and uh and not allowing um the wrong squad to have a uh, false contention and by false contention i mean this bullshit like where you got oh trump and pelosi they hate each other look it's so dramatic she tore that shit up she tore that yeah. piece of paper up like it's fucking pageantry y'all like yeah, it's 100 yeah. fucking pageantry we're, we're really we are in this together all of us are fucking in this together mm-hmm. and then there's this illusory fucking cabal of individuals that are supposedly pulling the strings. But yeah. really, if if all the cattle decide to fucking uh, get buck wild and bust the fence down, they ain't too much a motherfucker can do about it. That's true. That's true, but what does busting the fence down look like? Well, to me, in my opinion, again, it's taking... The first thing an individual can do is take their own power back by being as self-sufficient as fucking possible. And I, and I don't mean, you know, be a Luddite. I don't mean go and fucking throw away all your electronic devices and go and live in a shanty hut in the fucking woods. But, um, you know, you can still be a high level functioning professional and, uh, be successful. Fuck, make a ton, man, whatever. But at the same time, like the, the personal efficacy that's involved with, Things that have been fundamental to the human race for thousands and thousands of years and have only gotten forgotten in the past half a genera- generation, one generation, and, and yeah. most all of it's fucking gone. And, and I think that's very telling. If something has been a pivotal part of humanity's functionality for thousands of years, then we have these revolutionary breakthroughs where we have this massive interdependent system whereby you can get literally anything you want to at any time, but there's this precarious network where every element of that has to function or the bottom falls out of it. I think, I think you look at individual, you know, personal efficacy, that's the beginning. Then the move towards, uh, a more mechanical solidarity model whereby people, you know, have, have community. They have fucking community with the people that are in their relative proximity. I think that that's step two. And then I think step three is focusing more on politics in terms of your municipality and your state instead of getting caught up. And I think this is very revealing to what has transpired um, should not even be partisan. It should reveal that it really is the states. It really is each one of our states uh, left up to our own devices on how to handle this fucking yeah. shit. Now and we're for, sitting. And for once, we're sitting I'm okay waiting. with that, dude. I can proudly tell people like. Coronavirus, that's a Kentucky issue. You know what I'm saying? Like we're making it a Kentucky issue. And I, I think that that's a it's a fantastic thing. Do you, does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like it's by because we have the right, in my opinion, the right type of leader in there 
in place. I, I wouldn't been able to say that with, you know, with many other people, but I can say that this person has everything, um, has the people in his, uh, um, in his highest regard, if you will. I mean, he's really trying to look after people and he understands that there are hard decisions that got to get made. Yeah. And he's and, not uh, making it political. He's not it's, using it's not, it as an dude, opportunity it doesn't, to yeah. capitalize. It does not he, seem political at all because he knows that well, people are going to hate him, man. He knows well, this is going to hurt people. Well, Kalu, he's a fucking centrist. Let's be yeah. honest. If you look at his policies mm-hmm. and, and I'm not shitting on a man. The, the man, the man is an orator. He, he's a natural fucking leader and he's obviously stepped up. Yeah. But he's a he's a centrist policy wise. But but the man stepped out of his centrist. And and again, to, to call him a centrist, what he is would constitute damn near pretty a pretty typical Republican, you know, a, a few decades ago. It's, yeah. it's it's not a terribly unreasonable position to be in. But at the same time, he's not a fucking progressive or anything. And he was quick compared to other states to fucking act. And now you're seeing you're seeing. I don't want to see say positive results, but you're seeing less negative of an impact currently as a result of that. And and I think that that should again that that should be the uh, really the the mark in the sand for people on this. A, a takeaway, if nothing else, from the media is that our federal government, regardless of that, I could give a fuck about Trump. Like I, I'm not here to shit on fucking Trump. I don't even care at this point. It's just like. Whatever, like, fuck Biden, fuck Trump, like, I, fuck, you know, it ain't even like I'm, I'm all up Bernie's motherfucking ass. To me, it's about on the federal level, it's about having somebody in office that I feel like I have the personal objective ability to scrutinize, and I don't have the personal objective to uh, objectivity to scrutinize Trump, if only from an outsider's perspective that I'm some fucking radical socialist, yeah. but. Our federal government has shown, at least at least this administration, and I would imagine previous administrations have been the same fucking thing. I don't think Obama would have he he might have acted quicker, but he was a fucking centrist too. He might have been the United States Andy Bashir, who goddamn knows. But uh, it, it it should be again this this understanding that. And I know there's a unifying element to thinking about we're all American. At the end of the day, we're all American. But it sure hasn't fucking turned into that in nope. this quarantine. It's turned into my identity, my uh, my geographic identity has shifted more and more towards being a Kentuckian for a litany of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that's happened with a lot of people, state to state to state. And I think that we need to look at it more in terms, and I'm not one of these like states rights, like there's no, you fucked the federal government. No, I think the federal government serves a purpose. And again, it's to swoop in and save the day if the shit really hits the fucking fan. Well, they didn't do their goddamn job. They didn't do their job. No. I mean, like straight up, the the infrastructure was not there. So Mm -hmm. everyone is left to create infrastructure on their own. Like, that's just how it is. And that's why I say that we're making it a Kentucky issue, because if the plans and the 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 structure was there in place, I wouldn't be saying that shit would be getting done. Maybe right. not as efficiently. Um, it might be a little bit different, but I still think that because those those actions and, you know, that that one uh, what group was it was part of the CDC? I think so. That got essentially was disbanded. 
you know, and so they, we essentially didn't have the the proper group uh, together to be able to, you know, get a full understanding of this stuff when it was really starting, when it was really starting to happen. Like, because we didn't have that, t- even that level of infrastructure, what, well, I mean, here it, we go. Well, well, it was pretty quick, if I'm not mistaken, that um, this administration made a move to uh, have CDC data classified. Yeah. So it meaning it had to be funneled through the executive branch before it could be released. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we're we're seeing that our we have a largely impotent federal government, and dumbass fucking people will be like, "Well, see, that's why you don't want socialism. You don't want the government doing anything because it doesn't." They fucking self-sabotage. It's like the meme that has yeah. all kinds of different captions where the dude puts the stick in the back of his own bicycle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then blames He's somebody like, else. Democrats. Yeah, yeah, goddamn Obama. Yeah. Like it, 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 we have both Democrats and Republicans hamstringing policy and, and lagging and, and doing just enough to keep our federal government as a present entity and keep keep people showing up for it, but not enough to make a fucking difference. And yeah. I, I, and, and I won't say this often. And I think I get a bad rap for, for scrutinizing Trump, maybe too much. I really don't. I'm not one of these rant at, at rabid anti-Trump motherfuckers. I think he's trash. Um, I thought he was trash before he was president. I mean, and I was honestly optimistic when he got elected, but I can 100% say that infrastructure not being in place wasn't his fucking fault. This yeah. has been a problem for fucking administration after administration. Mm-hmm. Obama Obama didn't have the infrastructure to deal with this. Again, he could have Andy Bashir to shit, and more than likely he probably would have. Andy Bashir kind of has a little bit of a cadence in the way he carries on. It reminds me of Obama to a degree, yeah. and, and it's a comforting thing. But um, I, I read recently, and this was – through NPR and it's often included in the, the clusterfuck that comes out of our, our God emperor president's mouth that is fake news. But NPR um, just published an article and you guys can check it out if you all are interested and call me a fucking idiot or whatever, Mm -hmm. but said that, um, and again, Trump, Trump put a lot of uh, onus on States, you know, and it's, Fair enough. Fucking put the onus on the states. Uh, you know, again, conservatives are all about states' rights and shit, and 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 small government, whatever. I wasn't surprised when he downplayed shit. Um, but uh, whenever you have him calling things a hoax on the top end, and um, you you. You have him referring to things as the China virus. Yeah. But but anyway, when you have you have this irresponsible, unnecessary rhetoric that is it's it's part of the constant campaigning. It's that's part of this culty bullshit that that even people that I love have gotten caught up in. But I've gone gone on a tangent. The NPR article Mm -hmm. again was stating quite obviously that the federal government put the onus on states for uh, securing supplies. Um, It's my understanding, according to the article, that they, 
they did that shit. They put the onus on it pub- publicly. Then the federal government outbid them on those yeah. same supplies. So now uh, the shortage still each state, each municipality is has been hamstringed by the federal government. Um, and now the federal government controls the allocation of those crucial fucking supplies by stepping in and outbidding them, even after encouraging them to do it themselves. Mm. Um, I, and, and I don't, honestly, I don't have the answers. I don't know what that means. Long game. I don't know what they're trying to figure out, but I, but I know for, for, uh, Donald Trump to talk, to issue $1,200 checks, shit, shit's gotta be a little scary. He's gotta be worried about the herd. Oh yeah. That's all I can think of. That that really is because everyone knows that when you when you aren't one hundred percent following um, the politics or, or what's really happening, people will tend to vote with their wallet. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. when you vote with your wallet, of course you're going to look at someone that's going to give you twelve hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever the the amount is. Now the other thing to take into account is with Kentucky is we have the state itself has a pretty, pretty decent poverty rate and a oh, pretty yeah. decent illiteracy rate uh, yeah. or uh, like a pretty terrible literacy rate. I was saying illiteracy rate, but you know what I'm saying? I think um, we're damn near the top when it comes to like child poverty rate. Yes, and dude. Shit. And so when you have a, a hugely, you know, low SES, just disadvantaged population, you like the state has to take control. It just has to. And you have to enact measures like this because and I hate this sounds insulting, but it's like dealing with kids. Do you see what I mean? Oh, like, it is. It, it is. It, it's like dealing with little children. You have to put everyone in time out like I know you're sick or I know you're feeling like this, but I've got to keep you away because that's going to help things out. And the kids are going to kick and scream and be pissed off and they'll never understand the impact of why of putting them in time out. You see, they'll all that all that they'll notice is that they feel a little bit better and that's going to be it. Well, it, it, and it's the same motherfuckers. And unfortunately, it's most people that kind of went through the motions in school. And 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 it's OK to go through the motions in school if you are already if you're self-motivated to learn and seek objective information. It's OK to be a little unruly and like not really pay attention if you've already got to shit. But the thing is, is that there's this ridiculous anti-intellectualism, anti-expert. I want the anti-vaxxers are probably, I wonder what the fuck they're saying to themselves right now. I wonder what kind of cognitive distance they're coming up with now to rationalize this shit. But yeah, Dude, you got to listen to my the, my episode on the new norm because I made a comment about that that people are going to start uh, trusting doctors and trusting people with degrees again. Like this wave of anti intellectualism is going to, I think, is going to subside a great deal because of this. Well, and it's everybody's precious fucking feelings. It's in the in the United States of America, we've been made to feel special, like we're part of this grand experiment, and as a result. We ourselves as individuals are fucking special through no merit of our goddamn own. And and if anything calls that into question, if something confuses us, it also makes us angry because it 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 chips at our self-esteem. It chips at our worldview. It chips at our 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 perspective on who we are as an individual. 
and it yeah. causes it causes psychological distress. Mm-hmm. Now, the person that has trained their mind to objectively seek information and is capable of changing their opinions and capable of admitting when they're wrong, even if yep. they have a t- man, people evolve. Dude, now, let me let me give you an example of that evolution here. I literally just got a text message from my friend who is quite wealthy, quite conservative as well. I'm going to read this. Okay. He says, it's pretty wild, man. For a while, I thought it was preposterous preposterous to lock things down, but I've been looking at the stats closely for like a week. A growth rate like this could infect the world in three months. Resolved cases, meaning healed uh, healed completely or died, ended up with a 13% mortality rate. That's huge, man. And that that's yeah. a huge th- number that no one is talking about. So I feel like that fact will surface before long and cause even more hysteria. And, and, so and I wait billion and take entire- 13% of 8 billion. That's a lot of dead people. Oh, yeah. And, and I wager to say, again, our, our data is enormously incomplete. And yeah. I, I was talking to uh, Kaylee because we're over here quarantined together and we just be talking about shit. And I'm she makes fun of me because of what I am. You know, I'm kind of like I come off a certain way and I realize that. But I'm I'm doing the best I fucking can. But. I'm a, I'm a statistician. Motherfuckers know I'm a statistician. And I sometimes preface things in terms of being a statistician. I love quantitative data. I love seeing just, just kind of visualizing the trends that are associated with these numbers and interrelatedness and how, how things could be in the future as a result of these, these current fucking trends. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I, I frame things up. She said she's made fun of me about saying, oh, because you're a statistician and it's all in good fun. But today I was talking to her about some shit and I was like, well, as you know, I'm a statistician. And in in saying, you know, that that I'm a statistician, I was like, OK, I, I, it was kind of a bait and switch thing. I was like, did you learn? Did you take calculus in high school? And as somebody that was bright enough to take calculus in high school, she bit on it. And she was like, well, yeah, I took calculus in high school. I was like, "You're like, oh, here we fucking go. Yeah, I was like, all <laughs> right. Well, the point is, how often do you use calculus? Yeah. Literally fucking never. How, how fundamental is understanding statistics in just this one single instance, and I know that this is a a profound situation, but this is pretty goddamn straightforward that statistics are goddamn important. It doesn't matter if you're right wing, left wing, whatever. It's pretty important that that numbers be legitimate. And again, as a statistician, and actually as any rational fucking human being that can look at numbers, could, could ascertain that these numbers are in no way reflective of the actual number of people that are currently fucking infected and are nowhere near reflective of the number of people that are going to become infected. We're, we're on the beginning of where the curve shoots upward currently. Yep. We're on the very lip of where that curve shoots upward for both infection rate and death rate. And when mm-hmm. I see, again, when I see these numbers for each of these countries, I'm like, holy fucking shit. Well, what are y'all doing differently? Like we, okay, explain to me this. And I know Spain has an older population too, much like Italy and Japan, but Japan got on top of this shit. And like you were saying, I think Japanese culture played an enormous role in that. 
I think Japanese folks took the situation mad fucking serious. Bro, took- did you not see them at the, with, after the tsunami? Like they're oh, the yeah. model culture, the Dude, model country for how to handle shit. But for for how to handle shit, I mean, they're they're slipping when it comes to like interpersonal like romance and shit. Oh yeah, dude. I see dudes fucking like robotic dolls. That's yeah. There's so many Japanese baddies out there, man. You're messing up. Yeah, they are. And and that's the thing is that Japan, Japan's response to this, seemingly, man, they got goddamn on top of it, but they don't have the good old American handshake. They have a much healthier respect for personal space in general. Because yeah. Americans are all about getting in your fucking face. They're mm-hmm. all about that handshake. And I wish Mark was here to talk about again the implication of that firm fucking handshake and how that's like, let me let me test your let me Manhood. see how yeah, how healthy you are. So I might be able it's steeped in that primordial, maybe you're an ally, maybe you're an asset to take your fucking resources. The American handshake needs to fucking we we need to evolve away from that. The Japanese are yeah. functioning at a higher level when it comes to greeting each other. Uh you know, the handshake is an intimate fucking thing and it's a enormous vector for passing pathogens. And as we move forward, these diseases evolve. They evolve much quicker than and again, there are people that don't believe in evolution. In this world, there are people that don't believe in evolution, but these motherfuckers evolve. They become resistant yep. to, to antivirals. They become resistant to antibiotics. Um, what what we face on the horizon, um, I, I heard a quote, and I forget who fucking said it. Bill Gates, if we start right now, we can be prepared for the next pandemic. Yep. Um, yep. And, and again... The profundity of that statement, the, the the seeming profundity of that statement, I guess they there it could just be some cute words to be saying, but sure. but I think that there's a modicum of truth to it, even if you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, man. All right, so I I would like to keep this at, at an hour. We're at an hour and eight minutes. But do you have any last closing statements? Uh, if you want to use it for shameless shoutouts, anything like that. Um, do you have anything that you'd like to talk about really fast? Um, well, I, I would like to give a uh, shameless shout out to um, small businesses in Bowling Green, Kentucky, that are having to shut their doors during this time. Um, support them. You know, I'm, I, I don't go to the gym, but I'm all about, you know, if I can afford it, continue to draft my shit at BG Powerhouse. Shout out to BG Powerhouse. They've been fantastic. Um, shout out to Tyler Young. I'm sure this has affected his training. He he's had to push Ukraine, uh, competing in Ukraine back substantially. Um, and that it's even optimistic that where it's been pushed back to. So I want to yeah. be give, give a shameless shout out to all the small businesses in Bowling Green. I can't fucking name name you all, but if you're listening and you've got a favorite small business in Bowling Green and you have the means, see about uh doing whatever you can to provide a little bit of cash flow because a lot of these people operate fundamentally off of cash flow and not off of some big pool of funds that they have, you know, boom or bust. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, in closing again, I would just like for people that they, they now have the time and they don't have the excuse to not be informed. Being nerdy is cool. Knowing things is cool. Um, 
taking issue with people is, is important. Discussing things is important. And also, if you see people being fucking irresponsible, call them out. I don't care if it's this cool guy that's in town, like I was saying, and I'm not naming any motherfucking names. The, the, the good guy that goes and drinks craft beer with you down at the local gastro pub. I don't give a fuck who it is. If they're on there uh, on social media or wherever talking reckless about this shit, fucking call them out on it. And, and finally use this time to better yourself, learn skills, take classes online. There's a lot of shit being offered for free right now. As far as online classes, courses, certifications, fucking look into it. But beyond that, learn a skill, learn a craft and, yeah. and, and work on your understanding of, okay, I'm making do right now with things the way they are and, and not getting to go to Starbucks and spend $5 like every single fucking day. Reassess where you spend your time, reassess how you spend your money and uh, reassess where you want to be because your time is being robbed from you fucking constantly. So yeah. don't, don't get caught up in these fucking phones either, man. Like you can get lost in the sauce on the data too. Don't get me wrong. You can go down the fucking rabbit hole real quick when it comes to being informed. So it's a balance, yeah. but, but yeah. work on yourself, learn how to can some shit. Everybody that's listening, it's time to till up your goddamn garden now and it'll need to be tilled up again. Lay down some newspaper, put some stones around on the newspaper. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and fertilize that shit, compost, do your thing. Let's get started. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I do also want to give a shout out to the small businesses. Uh, I mean, it's people don't realize just how much of a part that they play in this state's economy. And uh, to be able to, to see them uh, have to close their doors, but also to see a lot of the city really rally around them has been, it's been beautiful, man. It really yeah, has. Shout out and, to and, yeah. And it, but it shows me that this should, our ability to take care of our small businesses really needs to extend past our comforts. There are tons of small businesses. There are tons of good people that run small businesses that you may not have heard of, but they're people too. And, and they have their shit that they provide. And, and if we can try and really start thinking of the things that we normally have and the things that we normally need and saying, Hey, can we go, is there a way that I can still take care of, take care of my, you know, myself and my family and whatnot, but still take care of these other people. And if we can find a way to help those people out, then hell yeah, let's do it. I also want to give a shout out to a lot of the people in the in the transportation industry, mainly like trucking and, and boats and stuff like that. They are literally keeping this nation afloat. And, you know, I have customers in my job that that um, that are in those industries. And if if those guys stop driving, that's when you really are going to have a problem. And um but, you know, I, I do want to give a shout to those people who are on the roads for so many hours, uh, understanding that they're trying to fill these grocery stores and these convenience stores up to get the stuff that you need. When you have that in mind, my hope is that you recognize the impact that your decisions have on other people around you. Like if you go and you buy an excess, you're making it harder for another person to be able to take care of their family. So I just want everyone to be a lot more mindful as you go out there and you get your provisions and stuff like that. Um, I want to give a shout to anyone that is providing mental health. Um, right now it's pretty trying times. And I know that there are people that are going through 
uh, fits of depression, yeah. not being able to go outside. Yeah. I know that we aren't getting much sunlight and, um, you know, it's, it's been pretty cloudy. It's been kind of shitty. You know, this, this was one of the brightest days in a little bit, you know, cause there's just been rain after rain after rain. And so, uh, shout out to all those people that are providing mental health support and stuff for, uh, for other people out there. Um, I just want to tell everyone else, like continue spreading goodness out there. We are, we're just like you said, we're learning that we're learning how to operate a little bit more efficiently. Everyone is learning how to do so. And they're also seeing how much they probably wasted on a bunch of other time and shit. Like you said, with yeah. $5 every day on Starbucks. Now you can shift that mindset and say, could I invest that $5 into helping other people? Or could I use that to help my financial future? I mean, there's tons of things that you can do to be able to put yourself in a position and and do what I was saying and and building the bigger refrigerator to fit that elephant in there. Um, we have to make sure that we're prepared in every sense of the word. So uh, I want to give a shout out to the teachers out there. You know, they, they had to really quickly and on the fly create material and curriculum for students to have to learn remotely. Now, I know that that's not their typical way to be able to teach, but it's um, I think that students right now are are learning a bit differently. And I hope that there are students out there that aren't suffering too bad from not having the presence of a teacher. That just means that a lot of parents, siblings, you all got to step up and try to be that teacher for the for these kids, because this is also part of operating without your queen. I think that there are many parents out there that leave the parenting to the teachers. And that is where you're fucking up. And now when you have these kids that are at home, you are dealing with a completely different person. You know, and it's because we didn't spend enough time and we didn't give enough effort to really trying to learn these kids as opposed to just shipping them off on a school bus to go and be somewhere for eight and a half hours for the day and then come back and then do a little bit of homework, eat dinner, go to sleep and repeat the same process for months on end. Um, again, it, this whole thing is exposing all of us. So um, I just want everyone to, to exercise a little bit of empathy and try and lean in to your, your strengths and lean into each other and let's and not physically, but, you know, really try to check up on people, just make sure that they're doing okay. Uh, that, that there's so much good about just calling someone to make sure they're all right. Like I said, in this time where everyone's pretty isolated, germs don't flow through the phone line and you can text someone, just make just check on each other. Um, now that we're doing this over Skype, I want to actually start doing, you know, I've been doing my quarantine diary episodes, but I actually want to start doing some episodes where I just pull people in and just say, hey, I'd like to do a Skype conversation with you. I just want to check on you, make sure you're OK and be able to air that just to get people in the habit of just calling each other again. Um, it's, it's, it's stuff like that that is going to help us. That's going to soften the blow of having to stay at home. And uh, I hope that everyone has found value in this episode. And I hope that you guys have learned something. Um, I, I definitely want to give a shout out to Hefty Lefty Club Works. JP built a set of clubs for me. I'm so thankful for him. Uh, I want to give, and I'm going to do it in, you know, before the episode, I always want to give a shout to Jay at, uh, at um, Patch Junkie Shop. I know they're probably getting affected by this. I mean, Let's all really just try and help each other out and, and support these small businesses all over the place. So I hope you guys, again, found value in this episode. Please give us some feedback. If anything ever comes up, if you got a cool idea that you want to talk about, 
fire up Skype since we aren't going to be, be doing face-to-face interviews. Let's get something going. Let's spread some more goodness out there, guys. So, Chris, thank you for, you know, taking the time to jump on here. It's uh, I actually like this format, man. I was able to, like, get a bunch of shit done while we were talking. So, um, yeah, I and like I, that. I can fact check as I go. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm begin I'm kind of a fan of this. We'll see. We'll see. I I, I certainly like having you here, but uh, this oh, is also yeah. a good method. You know what and, I mean? And, Just and we'll we'll get back to that as soon as you and I feel comfortable getting back to that. But yep. Uh, yep. but for the time being, we're trying to lead by by example and exactly. uh, and not be part of the fucking problem. But exactly. uh, y'all, uh, I, I, I'm back and I'll, I'll probably be producing, uh, more content with, uh, with Kalu, with you yep. moving forward. Uh, yep. there's going to be the more co- of us over, having quick conversations. I can yeah, tell Yeah. Uh, over the course of the week and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd like for some of that to not, uh, I, I'd like for some of that to be business as usual. I, w- yep. I would like for some of that to us, us give people an opportunity to distract them from what's going on, even if only for a moment to to be mad at me for something I said on, on there. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, for real, like this this is this is the time for for overreaction when it comes to cleanliness, when it comes to solidarity and and social distancing, and uh, and and man, Kentucky, we really got an opportunity to fucking show the rest of, not only the United States, but the rest of the world that Kentucky is not to be fucked with. Yep. So let's do this shit. Yeah. What if we name this episode Kentucky is not to be fucked with? Hey, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm all the way with that. I want a shirt with that shit on it. <laughs> yeah. And then it would be like, it, like if we survive this, we get survivor shirts made to say Kentucky's not to be fucked with. Yeah, I like it. All right, bro, man. Hey, be safe out there, and uh, we'll get to talking later. Same goes to all you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we are out. Peace.